What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in. My name is Austin with BlockBytes. Hey, I just want to tell you real quick, this isn't financial advice. It's not life advice. It's not marriage advice. Uh, you know, I, I can hardly manage my own finances. I sure as hell don't want to manage yours. But enjoy the show. We're going to be talking about one of the best networks in crypto, and that's Polygon. What's happening, ladies and gentlemen? My name is Austin with BlockBytes, and welcome to the very first episode of Quick Flip Polygon. With me, as always, my wonderful co-host, Mr. Crypto Clay. Clay, what's happening, brother? Uh, not much, man. Super excited to get this show kicked off. It's been a long time in the works, and uh, you know, I'm, I, I think this is going to be an awesome new venture. And uh, just so stoked to be here with you, dude, and uh, ready to dive into all things Polygon. It's going to be awesome. So we were we were laughing before the show. Uh, you know, normally normally Clay's like got his hair combed and he didn't have a beard <laughs> and like and like we're both you know got our backwards hats on and beards and, and y'all were gonna think we're like some uh, some frat bros uh, just, yeah. just hitting it up. But you know what? Who the hell cares? Because we got a lot to talk about today, man. So all right, to echo what Clay said, this show has been uh, in the works for quite some time, and we have been on calls with I want to say maybe ten or 11 polygon protocols leading up to this. And uh, we got a lot to talk about, so let's get after it. So topic number one, uh, Nubank chooses Polygon Supernets to launch their token. Now, people look at this and they go, wow, that's so cool. You know, Polygon's got this great BD team, but I don't think uh, people maybe, especially not in the United States, realize how big of a deal this actually is. I mean, these guys are, are massive down in Latin America. Am I correct, Clay? Uh, yeah, man, absolutely. So I know that, uh, Newbank has backed investors like Warren Buffett, uh, Berkshire Hathaway, uh, SoftBank, like one of you know, basically they're one of the world's largest digital banking platforms. Um, I'm pretty sure they have. Uh, I thought I think I read 70 million customers across Brazil, Mexico, and Colombia. So massively saturated uh, in South America and and Mexico. Um, so yeah, I would say they're pretty huge. It's 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 a reach of a ton of people. Let's put it that way. So, so what exactly are they doing though? So it's a, it's a loyalty program. Am I to understand that like when you are a part of their bank for a while, uh, you essentially get tokens from them? Yeah. Is that what's going to be happening? Yeah. So uh, it's called Newcoin. So um, basically, they plan to uh, airdrop digital tokens to uh, you know a certain percentage of customers. I think it's going to start off with with kind of a small beta group um, for the for this Newcoin token. Um, and it really, it, you, you pretty much nailed it. It serves as the the, the customer reward, uh, reward loyalty program. Um, and it's going to offer benefits, right? So discounts, um, you know, I, I probably other advantages. I think, you know, maybe I think we discussed at one point like an Amex type, uh, you know, sort of loyalty reward for travel or, or something along those lines. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's exactly what you described, which is a customer loyalty program uh, based on new coin. Uh, and and there's a massive amount of people that could be involved. So yeah, it's uh, it's super exciting. So here's kind of what I'm picturing here, and of course we're going to get into the into the Reddit stuff later. But you know where Reddit really went well is uh, they they took kind of like the the mystifying aspect of crypto out of it, and they made it just simple for Web two people to merge into Web three. And so I'm really interested to know. I mean, obviously they're launching a supernet. Uh, if they are doing that, you know, they're probably anticipating a fair amount of volume on the network. And, you know, 
my hope is what they're going to be doing is integrating Polygon wallets directly into their new bank software so people can can go ahead and accept these tokens and spend these tokens uh, without really needing to be a crypto genius. Uh, I'm making all of that up, but I hope that's exactly what happens, <laughs> it, man. It, it, yeah, I think I mean I think that's a great point. I, I, you know, when I was kind of looking further into it, I was I was curious whether it was going to be like an NFT. Like, would you get like a sort of a new bank NFT, and that makes you a uh, a member of this lo uh, loyalty rewards program? Sort of very similar to what we saw with like um um, um who am I blanking Starbucks? on here? Thank you, Starbucks. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, similar to what we saw there, because you know, if you think about the use case of NFTs, that makes you know the 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 loyalty reward programs make a lot of sense for for the NFT use case. But in this case, it does seem like you'll just be a, a singular token holder. Now, whether that has some type of value, and then you know you you accrue more of these things, and that becomes purchasing power or or something uh, along those lines, isn't quite clear. Uh, but what is clear is that you know, a, a, a digital banking platform with 70 million worldwide customers has chosen to build on Polygon uh, or a partner to build on Polygon. Um, and it's just yet another you know, incredible, massive use case of, of crypto that is now going real world. And I think since, you know, since I got in the space in 2017, we've long talked about this being, you know, a reality. Um, and now it's actually coming to fruition. And you're seeing this, you know, this is our first show covering Polygon. And, and I think that as we continue throughout, you know, 2022 into next year, um, these type of use cases seem to pop up all the time, uh, particularly with this chain. And obviously credit to an amazing BD team who is thinking outside of the box, beyond just technology into what is the real world application that's going to make our chain valuable. Um, and I think that, you know, when when I'd be interested to hear uh, Warren Buffett's take on this as investors, since they've been such um, sort of haters to the crypto space. So it's interesting to see that, uh, you know, a company with large investment from Berkshire Hathaway is this forward thinking. I think that's uh, pretty cool. But, yeah, I think that it's just yet another amazing representation of, of how forward thinking Polygon is with their partners. Uh, to become a, a, a household name because at the end of the day what i think is that's what it's all about right you can you know you can we'll talk about simplifying uh blockchain i think when we we chat a little about the reddit stuff and some of the comments from the reddit ceo about simplifying you know the the ease of use to get into this space um and and it seems like something like Newcoin, uh and particularly in that part of the world right um where economies are are really um are really you know, open to this type of transaction and, and this type of relationship between, uh, you know, banks and their customers. And so I think it's a it's an incredible uh, partnership. And this is yet another uh, example of Polygon being kind of way ahead of the curve of this stuff. The BD Kings. All right. Let's keep Kings. it. Let's keep it going, man. So uh, an unfortunate exploit happened uh, the other day. And I want to clarify a lot of misinformation around this. So yeah. uh, QuickSwap had a, and I say had because they closed it, they had a lending market. And it, so you kind of have to know a little bit of the backstory on market XYZ, but essentially they're, uh, I don't want to say decentralized because I think they still do have to have an approval on the back end, but they allow isolated lending markets to be set up with coins that, you know, may or may not be super duper liquid uh, in the market. And what they allow folks to do is, is, for lack of a better term, white label that. And so what had happened is uh, QuickSwap went ahead and launched their lending markets, which were, you know, they were a front end for market XYZ. And in one of those, the Cheetow guys seeded it with uh, 200,000 of their MyStablecoin. 
And uh, due to an exploitable curve Oracle, which uh, which was was used in the market, 200,000, uh, 200 and some change, maybe I'm not really yeah, sure what it was, yeah. my uh, was taken. Yep. And there was a shitload of misinformation put out on the market about what this was. And I just want yep. to clarify real quick. So as soon as this happened, I hopped on a call with, uh, and Clayton too, we hopped on a call with the quick swap guys. Uh, we've been very close to the Cheetow guys for a long time. We've had, you know, we've met them in real life a number, number of occasions. And they gave us an explanation kind of of what this was. And the, I don't want to use the word negligence, nor do I want to like really place blame in this regards but this particular exploit was pointed out back on october 11th uh when it came to the ethereum steth pool over on curve that that particular oracle was manipulatable yep. and uh the market xyz guys did not update it on their end uh so yeah. that's go ahead clay what do you got no, I, was, I was i mean basically i was just gonna say like the oracle was using a spot price um and and a flash loan moved the lp price basically allowed the attacker to, to borrow, um, you know, at a maximum, uh, you know, uh, LTV at a higher valuation. Um, and so as a result, 220,000 was, was exploited in a flash loan attack due to the vulnerability of the curb Oracle. So, uh, market XYZ probably had a chance to, to, you know, remedy this, uh, as you mentioned prior. Um, but I think there was just a ton of, sort of uh, post-mortem confusion as to like whose fault it was, what actually happened. Um, and there's, you know, some, I don't think anybody was actually pointing fingers outside of the community who of which was trying to piece together all of the information. So, um, you know, I think because Cheetah provided the seed funds for uh, that particular market, QuickSwap, um, you know, their their contracts were unaffected. Uh, QuickSwap went, Lend was closed as a result of this. Uh, and I also saw that QuickSwap um, had publicly stated that they felt that Market XYZ should repay Cheetow for their uh, providing, you know, providing the seed funds. So that's that's kind of what I had there. I mean, do you feel like we've clear? We did we clear up the information enough that it all makes sense? I mean, probably. I I hopped on a call with Alexios uh, from QuickSwap on Monday, and you know, when I was chatting with him, he was definitely very like convicted that that the market XYZ guys needed to to come back and compensate the Chi Dao guys for this. And I just want to say it again to clarify: QuickSwap was not exploited. Chidao was not exploited. That is not what happened here. Any of the markets that actually reside on Chidao, they they all use Chainlink oracles, no matter what. They will not list an asset on there that does not have a chain a Chainlink oracle, to my knowledge. And as far as QuickSwap being involved, they were just the front end for this. Uh, that's that's essentially what they were. So you know, my hope is uh, that there is some reimbursement. I do know the market XYZ guys. I did an AMA with them probably like a year ago, back when we were FTM Alerts. They're good guys. They have a they have a good model, uh, and it's you know it's something that the market definitely needs. And I think this was a uh, an unfortunate grave oversight on their part. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that you know, all in all, as far as exploits go, 220k is not you know it's not a massive one. And, and I actually saw folks on Twitter saying that they were surprised the attack even happened for, for that small amount of funds uh, to be exploited. But nevertheless, always good to have clarity as to what's going on and, and particularly trust in the protocols that, you know, were seemingly quote unquote involved, uh, given that they really, you know, didn't have much involvement in this. So, and you are correct. Uh, I know that Cheetow requires uh, Chainlink Oracles to, to list assets. So uh, can certainly trust what they have going on over there. 
Bear market shit, baby. You know, in, in what industry in the world is somebody going to say, you know, I'm surprised he even wasted his time for 200 grand. I mean, right. what is this? What is this pittance we're just throwing around here? Holy, holy crap, man. Yeah, what a weird world we live in. It is insane, man. I mean, so, yeah, some of the exploits. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I'll, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about Ave for a second. So there is a uh, proposal in the Ave governance forum to update uh the the ltv the interest rates and, and some of the borrowing uh settings that surround the the matic token x or matic x uh st matic can you explain a little bit about this clay do you know what's going on over there yeah so the ave v3 uh polygon matic interest rate update i believe is the the, the technical uh, proposal that's going on on Ave right now uh, and it seems like a big deal and I think that we can kind of get into like some of the things this is going to enable once once it you know it, assuming that it's passed and it, and everything gets updated the way that they think it is or will so you know right now basically uh, the borrowing costs are about six point one percent and that exceeds the proof of stake yield of 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 you know matic x or, or stake matic um, which is about 5.9%. So so yield so exceeds the yield by about 20 basis points. Um, and so to to simplify that wrap matic borrowing costs are exceeding the yield of matic x or staked matic. Uh, and so basically users don't really have an incentive to to enter into the matic e mode. Um, and so or you know to 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 borrow in this market so just for clarification, uh, in, in Aave V3, uh, E-Mode is a feature that kind of maximizes capital efficiency of correlated assets. So again, simplifying, Matic X and Staked Matic, they're pretty much, uh, you know, they're, they're very closely cor correlated or, or, you know, close to a pegged asset. Um, so when you're in E-Mode, it basically gives you enhanced ba uh, borrowing powers. So you can, you know, you can borrow up to 90, 97% uh, LTV. Uh, and so basically this this update should, uh, you know, the 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 utilization um, of the borrowing market should increase by about 27 percent based on their estimates uh, and borrowing costs should reduce by about 12 percent. So this is going to drive efficiency back into the market. It's going to you know reinvigorate the market and it's going to uh, kind of fix the the the, the yield uh, issues between you know the borrowing costs and the proof of stake uh, yield that's put off. So. Um, you know, so basically that should increase efficiency. It should give incentive back to the market, but I think it probably does other things in market too, uh, like looping and strategies that you, that it's going to enable. So, um, you know, I, hopefully that made sense, but Austin, I think if, if you want to dive into some of the strategy stuff, feel free. I do want to dive in a little bit because anyone watching this, you might be going, why the hell are these guys wasting their time on an Ave proposal? Right. And, and normally I'd agree with you, but to give a little backstory. So, you know, when Ave went multi-chain with their V3, um, they obviously allowed, you know, the native token or coin of the chain to be used as collateral. And, and a lot of the time, what they did is they put them on with very conservative settings. So for instance, you can get like a 50% uh, loan to value. So if you, you know, deposit, let's say $100 in Matic, uh, you could only max out, let's say $50 in USDC on the borrow side, right? And that that's just, you know, it's for volatile assets. Uh, it's for assets with maybe not as much on-chain liquidity, things of that nature. And I think we can all pretty much agree that Matic has uh, grown a lot since that time. Liquidity is very deep. 
uh, you know, it's, it's more of a, it's certainly not a stable asset, but it's, it's more of a reliable asset. And so these are probably antiquated uh, settings that should be updated and they have to be so through a, a, a governance proposal. Plus, but, plus liquid staking is there as well. Which is probably well, and, and I want to get into that for a second okay. because that's super duper important. So uh, for all of my DeFi GGens out there, you probably already know this, but when we call it a DeFi ecosystem, it's very much an ecosystem, right? I mean, the old saying that, you know, if a butterfly flaps his wings off the coast of Japan, you can feel that that breeze over in Hawaii. Well, that's kind of how it works in DeFi is that more Lego blocks come in, people build on top of them, they connect over here and so forth. And there's been uh, some strategies that haven't been able to be deployed uh, that have a lot to do with staked Matic. And so for anyone that's, you know, unfamiliar, uninitiated, staked Matic is essentially Matic that's, you know, it's, it's put into nodes, it's helping to secure the network. And what you get in return is an interest bearing token in the form of either Matic X, if you do it through Stator, or uh, ST Matic, if you do it through Lido. And what can you do with these, right? Well, back in the day, if we rewind a little bit, uh, when, when the ecosystem launched, Right. And people are going, okay, I can either put my Matic in here and get 5.9%, or I can take it over to QuickSwap and get an easy 30%. You know, not a tough decision, <laughs> right? You got to okay. go get the 30%. Yeah. Uh, and so that in and of itself could have, albeit maybe slight, detrimental effect to the amount of people that are willing to stake and secure the network because the more stakers the network has the harder it is for it to be attacked and these are important things so when you look at something like uh stator and lido they provide a very very important service in that they allow people to secure the network and unlock that value down the road by using their interest bearing tokens okay i said all that to say this <laughs> we we, <laughs> we want to make these interest bearing tokens as attractive as possible, which means Matic X is being used as collateral on Aave, ST Matic used as collateral on Aave. And uh, and that's cool. And you can go get, you know, a couple of a couple of points in your pocket for for putting them up on the lending side. But you know what's a hell of a lot cooler than that is when you can take correlated assets and fold them back into one another and really maximize uh, the APR that you're going to get. So we were on a call with the Stater guys the other day, actually, and they were telling us about this proposal. And essentially, for anyone that's not familiar with, with folding, it's essentially where you deposit and borrow the same asset and you fold it back into one another. So you might deposit $100 USDC, borrow $90 USDC, deposit it as collateral, and you just keep on doing that. Uh, until you come close to your max LTV. Well, you can also do that with Matic X uh, and maybe ST Matic. I haven't dove into that one as much. But, uh, and the way that that would work is, let's say you, you take your Matic over to the Stator Labs website, you deposit it, you get X, or excuse me, you get Matic X in return. You take that over to Aave, deposit it as collateral, borrow Matic on the other side, take it back to, to the state of labs contracts, put it in, get your Matic X and you just loop it. And due to the fact that these are going to be correlated assets, uh, you're getting, you're getting all the APR on the staking side or yeah, the staking side, which is going to be roughly 6% right now, but you're also, there's going to be a, a, a lending APR 
and then there's going to be a borrowing you know that you have to pay but what ends up happening when you loop all that through is you're going to get a higher apr as a result and where emode comes in which which clay talked about earlier emode is just a setting on ave that, that you turn it on and it bumps your ltv ratio up so that you can you can borrow more assuming that the assets are correlated so what does this mean when you can get uh, a higher apr on your staked matic it means a more secure network it means a ton of uh, more utility for, for whether it be Matic X or ST Matic. It means all sorts of degen strategies are now going to start opening up as a result of this little tweak in an Ave governance proposal. Yep. So that was a 10 minute explanation to talk about a governance proposal. I mean, I so think that, that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it is really important and it, and it opens up a ton of new options for, uh, you know, for, for folding strategies. It, it, it opens up a ton of new options just in general. I saw that uh, that Stater put out a, a tweet, and I think I think you might end up doing. A, 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 we have a show called The Workflow, uh, and it's really how do I use this? What does this do? Uh, and how do I maximize yield on XYZ, you know, chain or token or whatever it may be? Um, and so I think you know I saw Stater put out a thread about um, really how to conservatively expand your yield uh, on Matic X involving Stater. Ave once this update comes, Gains Network uh, and Beefy Finance, and so mm -hmm. um, ways that you can go through all four platforms to to maximize APR in a very safe environment because all of those protocols have been around for a long time, and you know the contracts are audited, and it's uh, it's you know so it's a very interesting um, strategy. That I think we're going to get into on a, on a separate show, so look out for that. But just it opens up a, a whole world of, of possibilities, uh, and I think what was most exciting about this this strategy, the, the spoiler alert. Uh, was that it was it was zero IL strategy, so no impermanent loss. Uh, so it basically, just lets you enjoy the, the matic price appreciation that that we all think and hope is coming, uh, but also you know enjoy the matic X price appreciation as uh, you know as a, a token that you get in return for staking your matic. So a lot of cool stuff coming. Uh, I think we're going to dig into that much further on a separate show. Look out for that. But yeah, uh, there's there's 15 minutes on a governance proposal. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. All right. All right. So we have got to dig into this Reddit shit. Uh, so, all right. So Reddit launched their uh, collectible avatar, as they're calling it, marketplace back in July. And from that point to this point, they have sold roughly like there's 3 million holders of these collectible avatars. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, 2.8 or 3 million. It might have been 2.8 and it went up to 3. It's it's something I mean either way it's it's insane numbers. Like it's it's a massive number of people. But yeah, it's it's either 2.8 or 3. I I'm not sure exactly which one, but but we're darn near. So they're calling them collectible avatars, not NFTs even though they're NFTs. Uh they're yep. calling their wallet a vault, right? Instead of calling yep. it uh, you know, a wallet. And it sounds to me like what they're doing is they're taking away the web three we talked about this earlier but like the web three terminology to kind of adapt it to the web two folks and what i found so cool about this and of course that's the reason that we're talking about it is that all of those wallets are polygon wallets they're all built yep. on polygon the secondary market for these uh collectible avatars is over on OpenSea, the polygon side uh but you know something interesting I, I realized about this that I, you know, we generally don't see with your everyday NFTs is that, you know, in our world, in our sphere, when people are hitting on NFTs, uh, the likely scenario is they're doing so, you know, for price appreciation, you know, number go up, 
later and that I might sell it on the market, uh, which means that in the bear market, that's just not happening. Uh, and it right. should be noted that mm -hmm. this marketplace did not even launch until officially we were in this bear market. And yeah. so that leads me to believe that these are becoming some sort of a status symbol that people actually want to have and hold like a, like an actual PFP. People aren't speculating on them as much as we might see in the normal market. So sort of, I, I have some counterpoints Clarify. to that, but so let's, let's, <laughs> let's back up just a little bit. So, uh, cause I think there's an interesting conversation to be had around the, uh, you know, demystifying the web three space. I don't know what else to call it, but I think that works. Um, and, and I read a quote, and I don't have the exact quote, but I, basically the gist of the quote was, the Reddit CEO loves blockchain avatars, but he's not saying NFTs. So like at least from a, from a C-level, senior-level Reddit perspective, the, even the NFT terminology is taking it too far. And so the blockchain avatar is what they're going to go with. And so I think that it's very telling um, that outside of crypto Twitter, there needs to be a normalization of what we have going on for adoption to actually take place. And, and I've, I've, I think I've, I've literally been saying this for like weeks and weeks and weeks on you know, previous shows that we've had and all these things. I mean, months, not weeks, long time. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, it, you know, seemingly, you know, when you talk to your neighbor or when you talk to your mom or when you talk to whoever, there's so much misunderstanding about, you know, NFTs in general. And, and I, I kind of basically I love what they're doing with this block tar, uh, blockchain avatar perspective because i think that it just really it, it really resonates better with people and it's going to be a, a sort of a gateway drug to actual nft adoption without people knowing that they're doing it so that i think is uh is hugely beneficial uh to your point on on uh speculation appreciation and that you know that whole deal um so these things are just, they, you're you're absolutely right they're displayed as pfps and and when users create content um, you can actually boost your own content on on Reddit by by having one of these PFPs, and I don't know if it's by ranking or I'm not sure exactly how it works, but there's some benefits to you as a holder. Um, but a lot of the price floors, so these things are available on OpenSea, right? Uh, which is pretty amazing because you can have a secondary marketplace now where you actually do people, you do bring people into uh, real crypto slash Web three if they're if they're visiting OpenSea, right? So so there's that aspect. So we are bringing new people in, uh, but a lot of the price floors are really nothing, but some of the price floors are actually above above two thousand dollars right now on OpenSea. So, like, you know, I don't know what these things meant for originally, but uh, they are, you know, there's some that are above two thousand. And the, and I, I read that the highest sold to date was like twenty four thousand one hundred twenty six bucks. So, so some of them are garnering a premium. I'd consider that certainly a premium for an NFT. Um, you know, maybe not maybe not board eight premium, but but it's pretty dang good. So. Um, so I guess we are seeing both sides of it, right? We're seeing the speculative side and we're seeing just the the user, the, the general retail user interest that just enjoys kind of what what this thing is. And this wasn't like your, your you know, 10,000 NFT drop. I mean, there's 3 million holders, right? right. So, I mean, yeah. did they all come from Reddit or are those those are going to be individual artists as well, I'm assuming? Do you know the answer to that? Yeah, that, that is a great question and I don't know the exact answer. It's like, were they all part of sort of this avatar NFT program or did this? So, so I don't know the exact answer. I do know that there were $60,000 in royalties from the secondary market of NFTs from Reddit right now to artists. So, that, so mm -hmm. you know, taking yet another step back, I guess the, the reason they did this was they wanted to open an artist community. They wanted to be able to enable artists that are involved in Reddit to 
um, you know, to have a place that they can go create, you know, call them call them uh, NFTs if you'd like, or call them blockchain avatars, whatever whatever terminology you'd like to go with. They wanted to create, uh, you know, a place for for artists to really benefit from from their art, and and I think that we're seeing the maturation of that concept come to fruition at this point. Um, and I don't know how many, I mean, I guess it brought 3 million new wallets to, to Polygon since its inception. Um, I remember you and I looked back at, at the, uh, sort of the wallet, you know, counter on, uh, from Polygon. Um, I'm butchering the terminology there. What's it actually called? Um, <laughs> you mean the new wallet chart on Polygon? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, the yeah. new wallet chart <laughs> on Polygon. And I think one day you, like, there was 2 million wallets created so i do wonder yeah. if those two events core you know core like, were in correlation uh, i'm not really sure but but it's pretty amazing to see how many total wallets polygon has as you know as a big part as a, a result of this partnership yeah so i mean i think we were looking at it from like october the 14th onward and it was something like an average of seven hundred thousand new wallets per day what I like the most about this Reddit thing, you know, so just diving into the numbers, they say that they have 50 million uh, active users per month. That's a pretty significant number. So we're we're breaching like 5% of that, give or take, roughly around 400 million in uh, revenue per year. But, but Reddit likes to bill themselves as the front page of the internet, right? And this is, yeah. it's a pretty bold statement. But to be honest, if there's any topic in the world I want to learn about, no matter how weird or seedy, there's probably information on Reddit about it. So like they're getting a significant amount of internet traffic. And the fact that once people join in and become a part of Reddit, that they're immediately going to have access to participate in something that these other 47 million people are like, yeah, this is cool. Get yourself this PFP so that yeah. you can be in the club and talk about hentai girls or whatever the hell they're talking about right. like uh i mean it, it's it's a nice thing man and i think yeah you know i think at the end of the day the way that they went about it to make it uh you know this is actually like a soft landing jerome powell doesn't know how to do a soft landing but but the reddit guys <laughs> did make it soft for web 2 to start to experience web 3. yeah uh, i mean great I'm, great point man like new bank 70 million 70 million customers reddit 50 million active users uh six percent now have pfps so there's still another 94% of potential adoption that uh, you know goes into these quote unquote vaults, which we actually know are Polygon wallets. Um, so this is really the explosion of Web two partnerships um, having a massive impact into Web three. So kudos again to, to the Polygon BD team because it's pretty pretty incredible. Like my biggest question before all of this started, before we had this show, before we did anything, is will will these actually materialize? Like I, I you know I came from I came from the the media the media side of of life. So like you know actual media companies, right? Um, and so many times we announced partnerships when I worked there, and they just never really did anything. They never took off. It was kind of for a flashy logo, whatever. And I was curious as to whether this would be the same kind of you know situation, uh, particularly in blockchain. And seemingly it's not. Like we're actually seeing these things materialize. We're seeing them develop. And, uh, and the future seems pretty bright. Indeed. And we can ask all these questions to the Polygon guys. So Clay and I are going to be doing a panel at the uh, North American Bitcoin Conference in January. If you're down there in Miami, come say hi to us. Uh, but we, will, we already have a commitment from the Polygon team to be on there. So we're, we'll uh, we're we'll be wearing different there. outfits. Not we won't look yeah. exactly the same. <laughs> He'll so, shave. <laughs> I haven't shaved since I was 16, so uh, the beard's staying on me, man. All right, let's move on. We've been talking about this one far too long. So, Ovix right. uh, is the first money market live on the zk EVM testnet, and yep. this is a bigger deal 
than I think most people realize. Uh, can, yeah. can you break this down a little bit, Clay, before we get into the ZK? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, uh, so I mean, just breaking down OVIX just from a very uh, high level. So uh, VE tokenomics uh, lending market with dynamic interest rates built on Polygon. Um, so basically, uh, you know, I don't know if they call it a beta stage or they, they have some terminology for it, but every interaction with the protocol makes you el eligible for claiming OVIX. Um, tokens effectively right so it's a very interesting model for a lending market you don't you know we don't often see that type of model um soon they will have the ability to stake these ovex for one to four years which is the ve component of tokenomics right the sort of the, the curve originated ve tokenomics model um and every 10 days if you're a staker you can use these uh ve ovex tokens to vote how rewards should be distributed across markets to all the participants so is it bitcoin is it DAI? is it ethereum is it matic so you actually have a say in how the rewards get distributed across uh, this sort of dynamic interest rate lending market. So to the participants that are there, so quite an interesting model. And uh, you know you can check them out on Twitter or obviously visiting uh, their site. But yeah, so I mean I think from an OVEX perspective, that's what they do. Probably more exciting uh, is the fact that, or equally exciting to more exciting is the fact that they uh, are one of the beta partners on the uh, zk EVM. So. Uh, I'll digress. Do you want to sort of speak to the the importance of zkAVM as you see it? Man, okay, let's get into this a little bit. So I'm I'm not a developer, uh, but I have been following along with this for a little while, and I know that there has been a mad rush for zk zkAVM development. And so to to kind of get what this means, we need to take a step back, and and I'll just preface this by saying all of my zk nerds, uh, forgive me for the way that I might, I might butcher this here. But so ZK stands for zero knowledge and it's essentially a, a way of proving something without having to reveal all of your cards, right? So for instance, a good, a good way of explaining this is if, uh, if I wanna prove that I live in a particular voting district, but I don't wanna give you my exact address, zero knowledge proofs would allow me to do such a thing, right? And so these are, so there's a, a couple of dollars, you've got uh, optimistic rollups out there on networks like uh, Optimism. And, and essentially the way that these rollups work is, is just like the name implies, they take a bundle of transactions, they slap them in one transaction and they send them back to Ethereum uh, to be verified by the main chain. So you, you might say, well, why do you wanna do that? Well, because Ethereum is a hella secure chain. Uh, and so to to have the security of the main chain, but with the speed and execution and, you know, quite frankly, the gas price of, uh, you know, whether it be a ZK rollup or an optimistic rollup, that's that's kind of the ideal world. And so ZK yeah. rollups uh, have kind of been referred to as or excuse me, the ZK EVM kind of been referred to as the holy grail. And I'll, I'll explain to you the difference here real quick. So. When it comes to optimistic rollups, essentially what they do is they package up these, these transactions, they send them out, and basically what you have is a seven-day period to challenge whether or not these are true and correct transactions. And so the reason that they call it an optimistic rollup is they're just kind of assuming that all the transactions are true, and they're giving you a week to come in and say, oh, that one's not true. A good example of this was there was a, a bridge exploit uh, that happened, I, I think it was called BitBTC. I, I know I'm screwing that one up. Um, but because it happened on an optimistic rollup chain, I think it was in fact on, on optimism, there was a seven day period for them to fix the exploit and to come in and flag those transactions and pull them back. Okay. Yep. Doesn't it also impact why it takes some time to, to pull 
uh, certain tokens off of of optimism as a chain because it needs to yes be, so yeah. a lot of the a lot of the bridges have kind of found workarounds for it at this yeah. point and that they you know they almost kind of give you a loan to get your <laughs> here's your right. tokens we're going to wait on yours type right, of thing right, right? Um, but it, 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 it is a little bit clunky in that sense. Right. So, so, but that's not zero knowledge, uh, proofs. That's, that's an optimistic roll up. Sure. Right. Yep. And so yep. when you get over to ZK, uh, zero knowledge has the ability to immediately get them onto the Ethereum chain without having to wait, uh, the, the seven days because they're, they know that these are provably true transactions and they're going to prove it in the way that ZK does. And I'm not going to even get into it because I really can't explain it <laughs> yeah, in an I intelligent mean, way. My, my, my basic explanation, I guess, is like a zero knowledge proof allows you to prove that a statement is uh, is true without uh, sharing the statement's contents or revealing how you discovered that truth. Now, how an algorithm goes about that, I'm uh, uh, neither of us are devs, but we will have devs on this show. So that'll be That's exciting. Right. And uh, there'll be, you know, <laughs> there'll be people that are way more technically intelligent than us to, to prove that fact. But, uh, but to make this possible, I think that zero knowledge protocols uh, rely on algorithms that take some of this data from the input and either ret uh, return a true or a false output. And that is as simple as it gets. Uh, but we'll bring on some Polygon experts and some devs, <laughs> some really great devs that we have in our community to uh, to go deeper into it. But from a high level, I think that is uh, is probably good enough for now, um, if, if you feel the same way. Probably good enough. The only thing that, that needs to be talked about is, so up until this point, when, when it came to ZK rollups, so e EVM stands for the Ethereum Virtual Machine, and it's essentially what executes smart contracts on Ethereum, it's written in Solidity. And anyone that was working with ZK rollups, there was no direct compatibility. So for example, if you look at uh, StarkNet, which is great, it's, you know, it's wonderful tech, they're a ZK rollup, they use a programming language called Kairos. And if you want to, you, you want to bridge or you want to move your DAP over to there, you're going to have to run it through a compiler that's going to take it from Solidity over to Kairos, right? And so there has been no direct EVM compatibility, which makes your DAP composable from one chain to the other, right? So the ZK EVM fixes that. And if you were to go back, let's say a year, they were estimating, oh, we're four to five years out from this yep. technology even existing. And yep. uh, as far as I know, Polygon was first to market. I feel quite certain somebody will correct me on that if I'm incorrect. But so that's why this is such a freaking big deal, man. This is the ultimate in Ethereum scalability, the security of Ethereum with the the speed of Polygon is, you know, in my eyes, the best of both worlds. Yeah, I mean, you know, fees reduced ninety percent with on-chain data, pretty huge. When, particularly when you're talking about scaling Ethereum, like if you think about, uh, you know, DeFi summer into the 2021 bull market, you know, I, I was paying two hundred dollars on Ethereum and and I felt like a fool. But there were certain times that you didn't have a choice. Got to harvest um, so, that sushi, baby. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, I mean, I think when you when you talk about actually the, the holy grail of Ethereum. That is the reason. Just to connect the dots, if, if people, if that didn't make sense to people, is like, uh, if you want to see blockchain succeed, or you know, DeFi succeed, two hundred dollars transactions aren't gonna, they're not gonna cut it. Um, so cutting, you know, cutting fee reduction by ninety percent is huge. Uh, I know that all EVM opcodes are gonna be supported, um, and really, you get the security that's inherited uh, on Ethereum in the layer two form. Um, and so, you know, if it is true that Polygon is as far as they say they are with this, then they beat the milestone by four years, as you pointed out, which is damn impressive. Um, and, you know, I think that, you know, there's just way more to come here. And, um, you know, if, if I, I'm, I'm trying to think of 
I was trying to find all the other all the other testing partners that are, are part of this ZK EVM rollout, but I know Abe was one. I think Compound might have been another. I think Lens um, might have been on there as yep, well. Lens, yeah. that's right. So, so you know, I think one of the big takeaways is like this is real, um, and there's there's real massive protocols that are testing on this uh, on this ZK EVM technology, uh, and if Polygon is the first to market with it, which it certainly seems like they're way ahead of the curve, then you know this is an absolute home run. Uh, from a technical perspective where you're already hitting grand slams from a bd perspective so um it's a lot to be excited about and and honestly i look forward to you know we we need to reach out to that team um you know the ovix team and, and get them on and then and talk to them about this development and why it's so important to them because uh, i think it'd be super insightful that's that's something i'd love to do indeed sir indeed all right we're gonna move on now Thanks. all right <laughs> that was again you know we we started the show and we're like all right it's gonna be a 45 minute show we're gonna go 10 minutes 10 minutes 10 minutes and you know <laughs> and here we are so this is pretty interesting though clay you and i have yeah, had a lot cool. of conversations about uh like like when are real world assets going to be tokenized and put on chain right yep. and and this week we saw a house in south carolina uh, sold for $125,000 completely on chain. Uh, the NFT lives on the Ethereum side. But what was so cool about this is this was financed through a loan from Teller on the Polygon side. And so this is facilitated by a company called Roofstock, who they're trying to build out like this Web3 marketplace for selling real world assets uh, on chain. Clay, you got anything on this? So, yeah. So, I mean, here's here's my here's my understanding because I like honestly like as an actual real estate you know buyer like you think about MLS and all these things that go into like the process of this seemed so far away that I was like how can they actually get this done today? So from my understanding is the way this actually works is that uh, this this roof stock company uh, they they open an LLC for each property. Uh, the LLC takes ownership of the property which is being sold, which in this case is the, the house in South Carolina. Uh, and then they tokenize the property and mint an NFT that represents the ownership of the house. Um, and so people can browse these NFTs on OpenSea, apparently. Um, and so you're actually seeing the tokenization of real-world assets in the form of housing uh, you know, be um, deployed on you know, markets like Polygon where you can get, well, so the financing came from Polygon. The NFT itself is on OpenSea. Is that, is that, is that correct? Well, it's on Ethereum. It's on the Ethereum chain. I mean, OpenSea okay. has Polygon integrated, so it could very well be on the Polygon side, but, gotcha. but so the actual NFT lives on Ethereum. The question that's coming to mind here. So like, you know, if somebody went and squatted in this house, right. right. For example, and I go in front of the judge and I'm like, no judgey, look, here's the ledger. I yeah. own this house, you know, yeah. like, 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 where's the actual documentation here? Uh, because That's, we're, we're still not at the point to where the real world is going to say, Hey, this NFT is actually the ownership. So there must be like some heavy documentation yeah. on the back end to clarify all of this. And what happens if like, you know, uh, they want to mutate their bored ape and this guy clicks on the wrong site and there, there goes, you know, there goes your, your house, buddy. I mean, kudos to the to the family or, or investment firm or whomever it was that was willing to take this plunge because there is a ton of unanswered questions that I honestly have no idea what what the answer would be uh, to everything you just said, right? Like, how do you actually, you know, is that gonna is it gonna stand up in court? There's there's a million things, but um, but it is innovation and it's happening. You know, it, and Polygon is yet to get involved. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that would go down in a courtroom, and and I probably won't be the first one to find it out.
Yeah. I, well, I hope, I hope nobody has to find out, but I would imagine these are questions they thought of before they executed the transaction. Otherwise it may, you know, it might be called back uh, at a later time. So let's move on. So here's something interesting. I know you were digging into this article this morning as well. So Flipkart and EDAO partner uh, with Polygon to power something called the Flip verse now flipkart is like a big dog right in the e-commerce space is that yeah e-commerce e e giant uh in in india they're, okay. yeah, they're massive and so from from what i understood they're creating a metaverse uh within within their site and your little avatar is going to go on like quests or something like that and as you win these quests you're gonna you know louis vuitton's gonna open the doors to you or how is this working exactly <laughs> do, you, do you have this information yeah i mean I, I think that you're pretty you're pretty correct so i'm just gonna read a quote on this one because it's, it's a bit easier to explain probably by the article itself than me uh summer so it says the flipverse will give people a chance to experience a triple a game like high fidelity metaverse where the digital avatars can go on quest to unlock new e-commerce experiences. The goal is to make possible new use cases that create highly engaged bi-directional relationships between consumers and their favorite brands. Uh, so the Flipverse was produced by EDAO. Um, and the, so the, sort of the crown jewel of the Flipverse is called the Strand. And I don't know if that's a physical thing that you walk down, like if you're living in Venice Beach and, or like, uh, you know, in, in Long Beach and you're walking the Strand. I don't know if it's that or if it's actually a token, but either way, your access to the strand um, opens access to IPs, to brands, to culture, um, and it gives users uh, basically a tangible collection between like their favorite icons, artists, and brands. So, you know, to me, I'm assuming it's experiences, it's unique stuff that you can get involved. Like, you know, I'll, I'll be interested to see. It's like if you buy a Louis Vuitton bag, does that give you a discount to something in the future? I don't think Louis Vuitton gives discounts. Let me give a different example. If you buy a, uh, you know, <laughs> a, an NFT from Taylor Swift, does that open up something that's unique about, you know, her her album in the future? You know, through this actual metaverse, I think that would be somewhat of a more applicable real world use case. But um, so that's that's my understanding of it. But uh, what I do know is this. There is 1.393 billion people in India. Uh, it is the second largest country in the world behind China, and that is a shitload of people. Mm -hmm. um, and so, if this thing actually works and it's done, you know, well, and you know, hey, Taylor Swift is popular worldwide. I don't know if it's a great example for this one, but she's uh, she seems to be doing great with her new album. Uh, so, if that was actually something that worked, um, that's a huge, huge uh, collection of people that um, could also be involved with yet another massive partner um in in uh flipkart who's building on polygon so i digress i don't know so, if I left anything out there well here's what i'm picturing so i'm picturing clay he's home at night after a hard day of working at block bites right he pours a whiskey on the rocks puts on his pink slippers and cranks taylor swift up to 10. <laughs> this is what i'm making up about your evenings now bro because you just mentioned taylor swift about 100 times so hey. all right but again i'm digressing so what i kind of picture this being is almost like a co-marketing thing with yep. these major brands because if, if flipkart is the big dog in one of the biggest countries in the world well that means they've got a hell of a lot of users right and so if yep. if you've got you know these big worldwide brands that create now an experience and however many people complete that quest go on the experience maybe they get a customized nft from their favorite store uh, maybe they get a discount at their favorite store, what have you. But if they can actually engage people in these games to, you know, they said it's like a triple A style game. 
And yep. so, you know, AAA style games, they like suck you in, dude. You're yeah. going to ignore your wife and kids to play these yeah. games. That's AAA, how good they're. Yeah, they're good. Style metaverse. Metaverse. I mean, the same, yeah. but the, kind of the same thing, right? It's game five. Whatever. Yeah, or it can be. Yeah, exactly. So if they can actually get people sucked into this, I mean, if we're talking about like hundreds of millions of people, I can, yeah. I can see this being something. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like, we're, like we're seeing a very, like, forget token price forget you know pumponomics forget DeFi. like we're seeing a, a really interesting um primitive build around e-commerce around social around um loyalty programs like we're, we're really starting to see this pick up in a lot of different forms um and there's a lot of talk about GameFi being kind of the net you know in, in in the 2024 if we get a bull run if the economy ever comes back uh if we get you know a nice pump at some point like that metaverse is actually going to be a part of that or game is going to be a big part of that um things like this we're actually going to help those kind of narratives and implementations uh and builds uh gain adoption game they need to be relevant first right we need one successful proof point to point to that says this is really going to catch on um and i think that partnerships like this are the start of that type of opportunity uh, but we're seeing an evolution in what blockchain is and and polygon is is really starting to power that evolution um and you know and it's not just ethereum it's not just bitcoin um it's it's real world use cases that are well uh sort of outside of just the the store of value or you know uh, ethereum use case itself so it's it's much much bigger now it's it's pretty incredible big things popping sir big things big popping things. taylor swift pop. <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen thanks for tuning in hey if you stuck with us the in, the entire time and you like this content do me a favor like this video subscribe to the yeah. channel we're going to be producing polygon specific content coming into your homes every thursday 5 30 p.m eastern which is 9 30 p.m utc yeah and uh it'll be me and clay and one day clay's gonna wait wear his bunny slippers and uh <laughs> his i heart taylor nice. swift t-shirt i, I want to expand on one thing austin so um you know we are going to be meeting with with every you know every builder that we can on polygon we want to go layers deeper uh on exactly what they are doing right now but what they're also doing in the future what's what's going to be uh important to them and we want to bring that information to you uh, and we're excited about getting deeper in this ecosystem that is massively expanding. Um, I think future shows will have much deeper focuses on DeFi. Uh, and we're just stoked to uh, to be here. So we look forward to kind of community support, you know, getting involved with everybody. And uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. We're out, ladies and gentlemen. Peace. Peace.